0: Hi everybody, welcome to another prog report top 5 podcast. Glad to have you all with us. We have a really great show today. Of course, if you've missed any back episodes, you can check them all out on progreport.com and all our podcast networks. And don't forget about Prog Report Radio and our playlist on Spotify you can check out a bunch of great new music. Just search up new Progressive Rock by the Prog Report. Alright, so I'm really excited about the show today. I got two great guests. One, of course, is a guy you know who has been on many times, he's been on all the podcasts and reviewing. Things for us. I'd like to welcome Jeff Bailey back.
1: Hello. Hello, everyone.
0: All right. Uh, Jeff, thanks for being here. Uh, And of course, we we always like to bring on somebody that might be relevant to the topic, what we're we're doing. And uh, with our topic being top five Peter Gabriel songs, um, we're really excited to have uh, a guy that was on the recordings and and is intimately familiar with the albums and the songs, uh, Jerry Murata. Hey, everyone. Jerry's uh was the drummer on almost all the records I should say. I didn't play on the very first one. Right, not on the first one. I played on some of so but not all of it. Well, we'll get into that cuz I you know I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on songs from almost all the records and I definitely want to hear, you know, what you have to say on on which ones you were involved in or not and and all of that kind of stuff. Um but I also I want to ask I know you're involved in a lot of different production work and a lot of different groups and music, things that you've still been doing. Uh, You know, your discography is like hundreds of albums deep with with everybody in there. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the projects you have going on now.
2: Sure. I just finished a tour of Europe for a month with my my own project with a guy named Flav Martin. Um, We did a record together that's out now called Soul Redemption you can find that on Bandcamp and I guess other CD baby and whatnot, but um, that's a phenomenal record actually has Tony Levin played bass on it. And, um, and a bunch of other guys, the friends of mine, I produced the record I'm very proud of that. So we were out promoting that. Now I'm back home. And, uh, I have new, various bands. I have a band with my brother, Rick, who's also a drummer called the Murata brothers band. And, uh, and I also have a band called Rock City Road, which is a kind of a semi-southern rock band. I know that sounds funny, but two guitars, bass, drums, and uh, with a bunch of guys that are based down in Florida, hence the southern part. And uh, we have a lot of fun playing together. And uh, and then I have a various other things. I have a, ba- a record coming out. I'm in a band called Annie and the Hedonists, and uh, we do music from like the early 1900s. Up until modern time, but mostly, you know, really cool sort of blues, old time jazz, uh, traditional, you know, um, stuff like uh, Sippy Wallace, Laverne Baker, uh, Louis Armstrong, but not Hello, not Hello, Dolly, Louis Armstrong, but like songs that he stuff he's written, the stuff that he didn't become famous for. So that's a phenomenal band and that uh, I, I love playing with those guys. Um I have a recording studio called Dreamland Studios in up here in the Woodstock area. It's an old church. We just had the Pixies in there. They did their new record there. We've been running for for many many years. Um it, you know, bands coming and going, Fleet Foxes, uh I mean I, I don't know there's so many B52s, um Grateful Dead guys, you know, goes on and on. Long long list of uh, Herbie Hancock, Pat Metheny, jazz guys it's a great studio that's called dreamland so i'm i'm basically running that and i work out of there i also have a studio in my house called jersville which i do a lot of work so scoring i've scored a television show i've done a movie you're uh, you're um, busy <laughs> i'm i mean i'm i i do whatever i have to
0: yeah very cool yeah. and of course there's the security project right which uh which are you still doing that
2: yes i'm sorry I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, so that's the uh, um, that's the band that uh, you guys go around touring and playing uh, songs from the Peter Gabriel albums. You are on. Talk about that a little bit. Exactly.
2: I'm sorry. I, I mean, that's a super super important project for me. Um, it's called the Security Project, and we started this about five years ago. Um, it was mostly uh, started with with Trey Gunn, who's um, a war guitar player, musician composer, was in King Crimson for many years. And Trey and Robert Fripp and I did a bunch of different things together, including, including a record. Uh, we did a record together with David Sylvian. Um, so Trey and I started the security project. And then uh, we, we, we had, we went through, we're in our, we're into our third singer. We started out with a singer, uh, uh, like a, a guy who was very, very sounds very, very much like Peter Gabriel. Um, who lives here in, in upstate New York. And then um, he has a family and children and he couldn't really keep up with it. So we found a guy in Liverpool who was, who sings even more like Peter, a big Peter fan. And, um, and that was great. He, we That was about a year and a half, maybe two years, but, but it became, it became clear to me that it was, he was not going to be the long, the term singer in the band. So, Trey and I put our heads together, and we both kind of had the same idea. And I, I was feeling like, you know, we it's not a Peter Gabriel tribute band. We're playing this music, this amazing music. And I think a lot of times it, you know, I felt like it was some music that Peter doesn't play because Peter's success really came off of so. So some of the stuff, the, the earlier stuff, like – for instance, "Slow Burn" off the first record, or uh, I don't know, you know, or songs off of each of the other records, and inc- up to and including "Security." Now, the "Security" record to me is—I find it's one of the, the best records I've ever worked on, and I, I feel like it's probably Peter's, the pinnacle of Peter's writing and creativity. And that was the record he did before uh, "So." Um, it has "Wallflower" on it. Um, it has, uh, what, is, what else is on that record? Um, Shock the Monkey, San Jacinto, exactly. Uh, Family in the Fishing Net, Rhythm of the Heat. That is a classic. That That's one of the, to me, if, whether I'm on it or not, it's one of the greatest records ever made. I mean, it's not even rock music, you know, when you think about it. Like Rhythm of the Heat, San Jacinto, it's not like a rock band. It's it's different. So we we decided we would that we would focus mostly on that material, and Trey and I had both worked with a woman named Happy Rhodes, and and we felt like this would be very cool to have Happy. Happy came to one of our gigs, and and she was totally blown away. And then we 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 sprung it on her like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna sing with us? Why don't, why don't you join us?" And uh, she thought a lot about it. I mean, it was a massive undertaking for her. But the woman has a four-octave range. She's got 11 CDs out. and uh, But she had taken basically taken a break from recording and touring for probably about 10 years. <coughs> so we were fortunate and Happy said, okay, I'll do it. So we have a woman singing the music of peter gabriel so there's no real tribute aspect to it it's right it makes light. a
0: little makes it a little different and, and unique in its own thing which is cool
2: yeah i mean you want to hear peter go see peter right you want to hear this music uh come see the security project and and i'm telling you i mean initially i think maybe there might have been three people who complained on no. our website and our facebook page like you can't do the music of Peter Gabriel with a woman can't. A woman can't sing that. And uh, now, I mean, everybody loves this band. Everybody loves Happy.
1: I, I mean, I, I was listening to it today actually, um, and I, 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 I must admit, I probably might have, might have been in the camp earlier on whenever I'd heard about it of Will. Why would you listen to you know another band playing Peter Gabriel when you can listen to Peter Gabriel playing it? But sure. But, but what I really enjoyed, I could see how that would work live, um, but you know, always wondered about an album. But I think listening to that today, I think um, you know I, I, her her voice, as you say, it's a it's a huge range. If I was trying to compare it to someone, it's probably like a Joni Mitchell kind of style, um, sure voice. And it sounds—it sounds to me like having that different singer has also, you know, given you the liberty to do different things, like the arrangement. So it's not just a straight copy with someone that sounds like Peter Gabriel on it. It's—it's it's a chance to reinvent, right? Um, and pay tribute to you know the writing and the music and the style. I really, really enjoyed it. I have to. Admit, I'm, I'm glad you did.
0: did. I always wanted to ask you about the security project and if, um, you know, did you? Did anyone from the group talk to Peter about it? Is he aware
2: of it? Has he offered any any thoughts on it? Anything no. like that? I mean, I haven't spoken to him about it, but I don't really communicate with Peter that much. I mean, he's very busy with his family and whatever he does. I'm very busy with what I do. I mean, our first guitar player, Fuzby Morris, was um he 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 we started the band with Fuzby and um he he ran into Peter. On uh, some kind of Paul Allen, uh, Paul Allen for Microsoft, you know, some, some some something to do with Paul. Peter does know about it. I've never heard anything from him about it. Um, I, I didn't really expect to. I mean, I don't know what's he what what's he gonna say? I mean, um, I don't know. I would I would have thought he'd be very happy that we were doing this. Um, <laughs> I hope he is.
0: Let's go ahead and jump into the top five stuff. And, and you know, as songs come up, we'd love to hear your stories on, you know, some of your choices or some of ours, if you have things that might be interesting. So the way it's going to work is we'll each go, uh, we'll each say our number five pick and, and then we'll start over each, say our number four and so on. Jeff, why don't you start with your number five pick and then I'll go and then Jerry can go left.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, really hard to choose. Um. Even though I suppose over, I was just working it out, um, Peter's been a solo artist for 42 years, and he's put out seven albums of um, original material. So uh, if you don't count the kind of covers album and the um, the orchestral one. So it's, it's uh, for someone who's been uh, active for such a long period of time, there's not a huge amount to choose from. Um, but my kickoff is, I don't remember, from... Um, Roy and I were talking about this earlier on, and being from the, the UK, I've only ever known the albums as one, two, three, and four. And so when he talks about melt and scratch, I can never remember which one it is. I think PG, Peter Gabriel three is melt, um, but yeah, the um, you know, starting with, and I suppose it really the track before, um, I mean, the melt album is a very um eclectic and edgy album but that track starts with this saxophone intro from Dick Morrissey, uh, somewhat out of place, but maybe preparing you for kind of the strident rhythm that kicks in, and it's got um, Robert Fripp on lead guitar doing his thing, David Rhodes, and um, Dave Gregory from XTC as well. It's just a really uh, fantastic, crazy, um, song where the words and lyrics you know ma the words and the music completely match and gel together um and you know there's that end section where i mean it's basically a i suppose a bass solo from from tony levin uh at the end where he's kind of sliding up and down the the fretboard and of course you've got um the the drums play, played by a uh, the good gentleman himself who's here um th- throughout that so it's that's one of my standout tracks on on the melt album and it's my 5 I don't remember-
0: Yeah, I love that song uh as well. That's uh, Jerry when you were recording with Peter, you know, one of the things that was always interesting with him rhythmically is he seemed to sometimes you not even like hi-hats or cymbals and sort of have drumming be very straightforward Was you know, how did that limit your playing or or how did it affect your playing on some of these things like on a track like this which um is also unique to the, to the song,
2: which I don't, you mean, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, I don't know about hi-hats and cymbals. Um, but, but there's only one record and that's the security record where we actually eliminated cymbals, cymbals, not hi-hat. Well, we'll get into that in a second. We'll talk about that. But, um, the thing that's brilliant about Peter that I, all I can tell you about Peter is when you think about it, especially with security, he doesn't want things to sound like what they are. In other words, you know, David Rhodes ended up being the, the guitar player that that lasted because he didn't play guitar like a guitarist. He played like two strings at a time. He came up with unusual sounds and parts. But you rarely hear him playing like 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 a normal guitar player. And the same goes for drums. I think Peter... He's 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 really more like a director of a film, and he's creating an atmosphere, and so, um, and he's brilliant at that, brilliant. So, um, but but it wasn't really until the, the security record. And again, though, there's we can talk about it when you want, but but maybe after we go through the five different uh, choices, um, he doesn't necessarily want things to sound the way they sound, which which. In other words, then this Chapman stick, which nobody really knew about, and that's, the, the, that's what's the bass on, I don't remember. It doesn't sound like a bass. It's very unusual sounding. P- Peter was amazing at that, amazing at that. Um, and those were the kinds of things that helped him to construct and formulate and eventually write the songs. Peter, I, I don't remember Peter rarely ever coming in with songs finished even slightly even close to finished even close to finished we would jam we did a lot of jamming and we did a lot uh, that was what we did a lot of playing around with ideas um with sections of songs and whatnot but but yes i don't remember is uh, very definitely uh it's a favorite of mine as well
0: all right, I'm gonna go ahead with my number five. Um, you know, it's some, and this was a, a tough one. These are always hard to pick just five songs. I always find it like near impossible. So I try to put my my own sort of parameters on some of this stuff. And if I if there's if it's between a couple of songs, and I think one definitely won't be on the other guy's list, but another one might be, then I you know I might go for the one that. I think might be left out to sort of include it. I have a feeling maybe this might be with this track. So, um, Because I really wanted to include this song. It's one of my favorites. It's not from an album that's considered one of his best, but I wanted to include it anyway. So I'm going to go with my first pick is going to be Darkness, which is the opening track on the Up record from 2002. And... The reason why I like this song, uh, it's it's one of the most sort of prog, progressive rock kind of songs that he did, um, which is a surprise to me. So late, you know, he had done So and Us, which were, you know, brought him a lot of commercial success. And Up really sort of diverted away from that a lot. And, um, and this song has that really it's really heavy and then really light. And then the one part where he he's singing these heavy verses and then right away it cuts off into this melodic, really delicate line just kills me every time. And I just love that part so much. Um, so I know that's not an album that's considered one of his best. Um, and to be fair, I don't think it is either. But uh, I wanted to just sort of give it a shout from this perspective and include that song in it. No mess with her, my limbs are showing
3: beneath this skin, these fragments gone. When I allow it to be, there's no control over me. I have my
1: I think it's a it's a song that as well. It if you've seen any of the sort of him doing it live, it's 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 very theatrical. It was kind of the I think it was maybe the kickoff song from that from that tour, and you know the the extremes that you mentioned there of the kind of full on noise and then cutting to just the kind of the quiet voice in it um, worked really well. Did you know
0: that part I'm talking about the when it immediately yeah, 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 the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. north cuts out and then he it's just him and a keyboard and he says this one line. Uh, um, I forget what the lyric is, but it's just, that part is just the greatest part to me of yeah, anything. A and so brilliant
1: I, contrast. I love
0: that. Yeah. The contrast is just brilliant. Um, it's a couple of good songs on there. I'd say about half the record I really do like, and then some of it, I just can't get into that much, to be honest. But, um, God, I mean, that's been 2002. So he's really not put out anything, uh, new as far as that kind of record in a
2: long time. I figured out this is my read on Peter overall. This is a guy who's incredibly good at at writing songs. It's just not what he wants to do on a daily basis. Like, I've worked with Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren, all he does is write. He's the most prolific human being on the planet and probably, in, in my mind, one of the greatest writers in music and continually writes better and better and better over the last 50 years. Peter, having worked with him and been around him, you know, he was, it's not something that he's driven to do day in and day out, you know, and he's so good at it. Does it, does this make any sense to you guys? I mean, Pete, Peter, we would, we would go, we would go days. If P, if you, if we were supposed to record, but you needed a ride to London, Peter would be, Oh, I'll take you to London. He's like, Oh, I'll drive you to London. Like, like And that would be half the day would be gone. I mean, and I mean this with nothing but love and respect. Just because he's really good at it doesn't mean that he sits and does it every day. He's got himself involved in many, many things, I, I think, you know, um, all kinds of different things. And I don't know. Anyway, that that that's I'm glad I got a chance to say that because. If this is for Peter Gabriel fans, I I truly believe that. And just because somebody's really great at something doesn't mean that they do have to do it day in in and day out, you know? Okay, I'm going to toss out five songs, and I'm not putting them out there in an order because I don't really have an order. Now, to be very honest with you, one of my very favorite records of Peter's is his first one. And that record, I mean... Like, Moribund the Burgermeister. Who, what is that? And then, excuse me, a barbershop quartet and a tuba. So, but I will say that Here Comes the Flood is, to me, a classic song that I, it's one of the ones, and there's another one, that I don't believe that more people haven't covered. And I'm talking about legitimate people like, Celine Dion or a pop singer you know like here comes the flood lyrically melodically and musically to me is is it and it's a and it's a it's a it's a time piece you know and if it to me it is such a brilliantly written song in every way musically lyrically melodically so I have to say flood, is on my list of the top five Peter songs.
0: Yeah. That was one that was, uh, was a tough cut for me um, because you're right. It's brilliant. It And, and, you know, I know uh, maybe you can speak to this too, but I know that he, I guess I've read that he's not a big fan of how it was produced on the first album that he likes the stripped down version, but I love the first album version. Uh, I prefer it actually.
2: Well, you know, the first album was produced by Bob Ezrin who did, who did like uh, Alice Cooper and, you know, you know um Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter those guys were in Alice Cooper's band. I mean Tony Levin played on an Alice Cooper record. You know um the ba- the drummer um Alan Schwartzberg was a jingle was a session drummer in New York City. Um you know it, it, it's an interesting it was an interesting uh combination of, of people and I really could understand how Peter I think Peter would probably not be totally satisfied with with any of the stuff that he's done, like that he could, it could be done differently. It could be done better, but I still love that first record so much. And we now with the security project, we do flood, we do slow burn, which I love slow burn. I mean, it's a great song and it's a great live. It's great for live too. So very cool. All right. It's awesome. Jeff, you're number
1: four. Okay. Number four for me uh, is from the second album. Um, So the scratch album, and it's on the air. And I suppose, and we were talking there about the first album, um, you know, very lushly produced. And then comes the second album that was produced by Robert Fripp, which was a lot more raw and a lot more, um, yeah, a lot more, I suppose, edgy and more perhaps new wave um, influences kicking in there. Um, And to me, it's, it's a bit of the the, the classic kind of Tony Levin Larry fast Jerry Marotta. the kicks off with the synths the synthesizers um Peter's kind of singing in that snarly um sort of almost punk type voice that he that he used at the time and it's a it's a really um, strong track and it's one of my favorites. <laughs> think the first time I heard it was actually on the Peter Gabriel um plays live album um where it's I think by that stage it was a bit more sort of refined and a bit maybe less aggressive and I remember being quite surprised when I heard the 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 studio version of it and um actually again and doing my doing my homework um during the week I was watching I don't know if if this is something Jerry ha- you've ever seen but there was a a rock palast a German tv show who recorded one of the shows in 1979 and that was the era of um we in the fluorescent high visibility bibs and P- peter comes up on stage and climbs on top of this big big ladder and then s- slides slides down at the start of the song and i suppose having having moved away from genesis and a lot of the theatrics um he jumped straight back into it or seems to have in that tour in terms of the the theatrical element and the costumes and the, the makeup and stuff like that. Um, and what, what was, what was your obviously being stuck behind the drum kit, you were slightly more restricted than the rest of the band in terms of that. what was it like being, being part of that kind of staging and stuff that was going on?
2: Oh, you mean back then in the early days? Okay. Unbelievable. Again, here's the thing. Peter didn't have a lot of money. To, to put on a, a like a massive stage production. He just didn't. But what he did was with his imagination, like he had the, you know, we had the, like, uh, they were like those white, you call them bibs. They were like what, what workers use on uh, construction workers use like on the street. And I think Peter might've had his head shaved. Tony probably was bald. Stint McGinnis, the guitar player, I think he shaved his head. It was, um, that was a very raw period. And, and uh, that was a very kind of a visceral. Uh, it was an interesting thing, brilliant on Peter's part to strip away, um, you know, all of the fluff and all all of the the um, all of the stuff that he had be- sort of become known for with Genesis, with the costumes and the projections. So it was it was very aggressive, very punky. And I think on the air, if you'll remember, you know, I think he refers to Mozo. Uh, from the lamb lies down on Broadway. So I mean, it was the it was the attitude of of that period of time of the lamb and the, that mentality, like back in New York City, but uh, but without without the uh, the 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 musical flurrying and the and the stage you know the staging with the very lights and stuff, and and it was very it was very attractive. I I'm going to agree with you. Uh, on uh, uh, two things, that record scratch was there's some good stuff on it, but I don't. It was it was it nothing. It never quite hit the mark, hundred percent. It doesn't have. It's the to me of the ones I did. It's the it's the one where we were. It was a search searching, and and it was also a. It was a reaction to the first record and Bob Ezrin and the slick production. I think. Uh, Peter went with Robert and then, and much more rawness. So, but, but I don't think every, you know, uh, I don't think every song on it, they're not, that's not his best songwriting, but, but I do agree with you that on the air, Mother of Violence is another phenomenal song, phenomenally written and lyrically, melodically. Peter can write those. They're almost like nursery rhymes, you know? Um, They're, they're not the, like floods, the same thing. And uh, and we'll get to another one, which is really one of my all-time favorites, which I would say may be my number one pick for Peter, which I won't say now. But 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 he does tend to write these kind of moody ballad, but very melodic and very hooky. You know, um, he has the ability to do that. He's a pretty. Ama- it's pretty amazing. Anyway, I agree with you on the air. Would be number four on my list.
0: All right, I'm going to jump in uh, with my number four. I'm uh, going back to the first record also, uh, and I'm going to, you touched on, you mentioned the song, you didn't pick it, but uh, Moribund, the Burgermeister, the f- opening track on the first record, um, which is just the coolest, craziest, most absurd song that no one but him could write, I think. Um, and I just love it. I think, to me, it's it's weird because he left Genesis, right? Uh, you know a little bit before this album and um this song sounds the most to me like it could have been on lamb lies down on broadway or something
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know
0: more than anything that he probably ever did after that point um and maybe that's why i like it so much
2: It was the first record he did after he left Genesis. He probably had, he was probably like bursting, bursting with things I, I can I can do, and I don't have to I don't have to do them with a committee. There's no committee anymore. It's just I just I decide to experiment with people that I hire. I hire them to come and and play. But um, yeah, that first record is like songwriting wise. And I mean, when I, when somebody handed me a a cassette, it was probably 1976, 77 of this guy, Peter Gabriel, I'd never heard of him. And I didn't know who Genesis was. And they said, he's, he, 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 it was offered to me. Do what, did I want to go play with Peter Gabriel? I didn't know who he was. So I put this cassette on and i listened to this music and i was like this music is so out to lunch it's so far away from what i where, what i where i come from you know i was in a band called orleans we were tour, we were like the doobie brothers you know we we had two we had hit we had two hits it was an incredible band but i grew up doing motown I, like motown black music was that's how i learned to play the drums and peter gabriel's music Was that English thing? The influence is there's no funk, no funk. It's funkless, (laughs) you know? But what's beautiful about it is it's more of that English, you know? It's more based in classical music, in ethnic music, you know what I mean? Um, It has a different, very different influence to it, which to me, I was like, okay, uh, more about the Burgermeister. I know what the word the means. What the hell is Moribund and what is <laughs> Burgermeister? And then, and then when you think about it, I, I will yeah. find <laughs> out. And it's like, Mother, you know, my like, like, I was just like, this is so out to lunch and off the wall that I have to do this. I have to do this just to broaden my <laughs> vistas. I mean, I didn't know who Genesis was, and I didn't know who Peter was. But it was going to England, where i had never been. My band, Orleans, had just broken up, so I didn't have a band anymore. And I needed a job, and I needed a paycheck. And, and Tony was doing it, and I knew Tony, but we hadn't played together before. And I just thought, well, I have to do this. I have to, I mean, because I'm not, that's the kind of person I am. Just because it wasn't exactly what I'm used to doing, I I I just I just had to go do it, which was the best decision I ever made because it changed my life working with Peter. Completely changed my life. So anyway, I agree. Moribund I'm I'm glad you put Moribund on there because I think it's it is a classic song of Peter's.
0: Okay, so so you're number four then.
2: I agreed with Jeff on the air, off of that record. I thought on the air Are you oh you also did on the air? Okay. So, all
0: right, Jeff. So we'll we'll skip that and we'll just go straight to Jeff. Your number three. We'll stay with the, the order there. Yeah, we're
1: we're we're working nearly seamlessly here because my number three is from the first album, and um, it's yeah, I, it's I stro I mean, you know, so many good things I could pick, but to me, Salisbury Hill is, I suppose, a standout track in the Peter Gabriel story. Very much his kind of statement of intent. um, having left Genesis, and for me, that was kind of hard um, to, to leave out. And, um, I, I, um, you know, just enjoy the fact that it it is, you know, so different. It's, I suppose, folksy, there's that great guitar riff, but it's in a, still in a weird time signature for, for anyone who's kind of coming from a, a prog background in terms of the arrangement. It's actually also very, very subdued for an album. That's actually pretty heavily produced, You know there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of you know drums and so on on it it's quite it's quite stripped back and just that whole you know that whole track is the sing-along element and everything like that it's it's just a it's just a beautiful song and one that uh, probably one of the very few songs even from those early albums that actually you know pretty consistently throughout his career featured in the in the live set To
3: keep in silence I resigned My friends would think I was enough Turning water into wine
0: Yeah, I mean, just the lyrics on it, the, the, the line I always gets me where he says, uh, I was feeling part of the scenery, I walked right out of the machinery. I mean, that's just so amazing. And to be able to write it and just those two lines, you know exactly what he was dealing with and why he had to leave Genesis, which I think is amazing.
1: I read an interview with him and he, and he described the song as about um, leaving what you have for what you might get. And and that's, I suppose that's the other thing about it. You know, he, he was leaving, um, you know, a massively successful band who were just getting bigger and bigger to, well, initially to do nothing. Um, but going back, you know, not really knowing, um, what, you know, what he would be doing or whether people would want to hear it and becoming very successful. So, yeah.
2: Well, I, you know, I think, um, from what I've seen, that, that 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 it would have never it would have never worked i think that that mut- he was very unhappy and and mutually that you know i it, there was not going i don't think genesis would have been the band that they are today if peter had remained in the band i i don't think they would have made it till till they did i mean i i just think it just he grew he grew out of it and what peter needs to do needed to do is I think he needed to be in full control. Um and I don't think he had that with the other guys. I think the other guys, you know, it was a, it was a co- it was a collaborative and I just think he to realize his true vision, he he needed to do that on his own and I don't blame him for that. I I, yeah. I really don't.
1: And you can see where you know where their two paths went because you know at the time Peter was doing something very visceral like on the air Genesis were in full flow with you know things like Wind and Weathering and that very chordal, pastoral and almost orchestral kind of you know Tony Banks type stuff. Yeah, so exactly. They, you know uh, they, they they went they went in a completely different direction too.
2: I I love Trick of the Tail. I mean I love many of their records, but I love Trick of the Tail. I love Trick of the Tail, and I I even know you know Follow You, Follow Me, Follow Me, Follow you, Whatever. This is. you know that was what that was the next. Is that off the next record
0: was, uh, that was two albums later I, I and then there were three right
2: and, and you um, know that 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 yeah. that you know also you know the, the, the Genesis the other guys had a real super pop sense and in terms of Salisbury Hill the only reason why I wouldn't put it in the top five is because it is so highly recognized some of these other songs really aren't Salisbury Hill it's in an espresso commercial now you know, and, and with George it's, Clooney. with the George man, Clooney. The, guitar is so great. Now,
0: the guitar lick is just so No, The bright. song I mean, really in it.
2: seven, and it's a seven, you can dance a danceable seven. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, yeah. but, 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 yeah. I mean, I, again, it's so hard to, to take, to, to, to narrow down to five songs, you know, but Salisbury Hill is a brilliant, brilliant pop song.
1: Yeah.
0: Agreed. Uh, okay. So my number three. I'm jumping forward a lot, uh, to the so record. Uh, I'm going to go with the opening track, red rain, which, uh, you know, I mean, that's sort of the rock song on that album, I guess. Um, and sort of I, what the, what I love about it is just the, the beginning, you know, kind of that, the noise ambient noise kind of thing. And then when the first drop of the bass comes in, it's just so overpowering and massive and it's just badass. Um, just the playing on it is great it's it's just one of his best songs and for me that album i, I over the the many years i've sort of gone through changes on how i view that album i mean sledgehammer and big time and you know I, I just can't even listen to those things but but uh red rain i think is still just the best song on that album for me so that's that's my number three
3: i am standing up at the water's
0: And you played. It says you played drums, but Stuart Copeland did the hi hat work. How, how, how did that work? What was? What did you remember from that song specifically?
2: Um, Well, Stuart had been there um, at Ashken House where we were working. Stuart had been there, um, and I came in maybe on a Friday night, and Stuart was leaving, and they just put up the, the track, and we did our own version of it, and I think Peter. Um, Peter cobbled together bits and pieces from different takes. Now, I'm going to say this about Peter. I was fortunate to work with Peter through the second, third, and fourth records, where technology didn't allow that. I think what's happened to Peter is he got completely engulfed and and he, he immersed himself in technology, and and it sort of it hurt it hurt him, it hurt him as much more than it helped him because. You know, he just he just, you know, there was now you could do hundreds of tracks and you could bounce things around and try different things. You know, I think he got so engulfed in technology, digital technology and synths and sampling that that I I think it it took away from the the, uh, the the things that you will find on the first four records and especially on the security records you know cuz the songs on the security record we played those songs together we beat those songs out you know we we cobbled those songs you know uh for the most part that's how they happened and uh it, w- it wasn't quite as there wasn't bringing any hi hat from somewhere and someone else's bass drum and someone else's tom tom fill i mean that that can be fun but that's why that can also take 6 years to make a record and in the end what the hell do you have, you know, where, 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 where did it all go? So I don't want to sound like a, like a, like an old fogey, but um, you know, I have very fond memories of us. We go into a room and we played together, you know, and that's, and then when it sounded really good, that's when it was done. Um, so, uh, but Red Rain, Red Rain, big, big one. Good one. Great song. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into your number three. Uh, This is impossible. This is impossible. But I would say maybe Biko, maybe Biko, Biko and and what that meant, that he had read that book and he decided to – because who knew who Stephen Biko was? And then he wrote this thing that was anthemic and uh, it was like a chant. And, uh, I mean, I think I don't remember is great. And Family Snapshot are great. But I think – I guess I would have to go with Biko pick up.
0: But listen, that album is uh, full of songs that you could pick uh, every one of them, just like some of these other records as well. But uh, yeah, Beko's a great choice, and that's a great song. And um, it was that Neil Morris covers that a lot when he does these solo gigs, I, we, right? There's acoustic shows. I've heard him do that a lot, and the crowd sings along. It's a great song for that kind of thing. Um, it's a, a great, great song, and, and I think that's sort of – was that sort of the beginning of his of his? No, because he did the political stuff before that, also, right? With the WOMAD show. Um,
1: well, that would have been was
0: around.
2: Was that around the same time? Like the laughter. early
1: eighties, right? Yeah, maybe slightly before. Yeah, I think yeah. it
2: was. I think it was around the same time as this record. Um, yeah, the WOMAD because you know there's a thing called the South Bank Show, and yeah, that yeah. they were doing. Yeah. Do you remember that? And it was yeah. yeah. The, the, the they decided to do to feature Peter, and the idea was to start from him. Some an artist sitting in their living room playing the piano, and then ending with in an hour, ending with them walking on stage to do their first concert. And yeah, I think it was this record, the Melt record. Oh, maybe it was Security. Um, yeah. Anyway, the director got fired because it took years to make the record. And they could they couldn't actually do the show in a year, and and what they did was they shot what they could, including stuff where Peter and I were fighting, <laughs> and 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 um, and uh, and well, there was a lot of arguing going on. I mean, this is making records like this isn't all fun and games, you know. Um, sure. And there's a lot of passion and a lot of you know heart, but uh, but what they did was they used us playing the WOMAD festival, the first one as the end of the TV show to make it look like we were going on stage to perform the music of, <laughs> of I remember that very clearly. Where are we at now? Uh, you had just picked Biko. So yeah. yeah, no, we're
0: good. You want to go with your number two, Jeff?
1: Yep. Okay. So, um, my number two, I am, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine when I could do it doing this, that I could nearly pick my five, um, from the, from the first four albums. And it's not that there's not stuff that I love in the other ones. So my number two is, um, San Asinto from security. Again, something that sounded very, very different from, you know, anything else that, that was around, um, at the time, something that sounded very, very different from, um, you know, any music, but even the production and how, how it was laid out. But, you know, great, um, you know, dynamics and a real, a real focus on the strength of Peter's voice and just the emotion and, and everything that's great about, you know, Peter's voice is obviously is a, is a big, big part of all the records. And yet when you listen from album to album, it can sound, you know, incredibly different, you know, it can sound raw, it can sound tender, you know, it can sound out of tune it's just an amazing instrument in itself and i think san Jacinto is one of those ones that really you know it starts off with that very very quiet but then ends ends up with that kind of the chanting and the the kind of the anthemic ending um it's a I, i never saw him live in that era but i'm sure it was a very powerful um live performance as well
2: oh yeah
0: Perfect. I will jump straight from that to my number two. Um, uh, so it could again, going completely different. So Red Wind was a little bit more of a, of a harder track, of, you know, more of a rock track. Uh, I'm going to go f- with probably his most vulnerable track uh, from us, which is going to be Washing of the Water. I just remember at the time this song just it really hitting me for whatever reason. I just love the whole thing, he gets really sort of aggressive and angry and sort of in the middle where it picks up. And it's uh, just an amazing, uh, just powerful, emotional song um, from my personal favorite album of his, which which is the Us album, which is probably one of my all-time favorite records. But um, uh, this song was always something that, that really hit, hit me hard. So, uh, Washing of the Water.
3: Let your waters reach me Like she reached me tonight Letting go It's so hard The way it's hurting now To get this love untied So tough to stay with this thing Cause if I follow through I face what I deny I get those hooks out of me And I take out the hooks that I
1: And, and a good example of what I was talking about there in terms of the, you know, that kind of the falsetto part that he sings in the middle of the really, really high part. Um, and then going into the kind of the, the, the raw edge of his vocal, it's, it's a real, it adds all of the, the color and the texture to that track. And um, which is quite basic in terms of it's kind of backing and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a great song.
0: And I thought it was interesting when he was, a you know, when he got into the rock War hall of fame you know, you, they, you get to play a few songs, and that was one of the ones he did, and he he played it with Chris Martin from Coldplay oh, yeah. for whatever reason. That's right. Um, but I thought that was just a cool choice to do again, just completely going against the grain. You know, he didn't come out there and do you know, sledgehammer yeah. and Chuck the monkey. You know, <laughs> he he did washing of the water, a piano ballad, like yeah. whatever. He does whatever he wants. I think it's maybe so, it's, it's
1: maybe cool. something to do with his is it his father or something like that. I can't I can't remember, but um. I think there's some kind of pers- personal connection to that.
2: He al- he also did a song called "Father and Son."
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. That's a really good song. Yeah,
2: all right, Jerry, your number two. My number two would, and 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 really maybe number one. And this is a tough one too because the security record to me is about as near to perfection as a record can possibly be. I mean, "Rhythm of the Heat," "San Jacinto." I Have the Touch, Family in the Fishing Net, Shock the Monkey, Lay Your Hands on Me, Wallflower, and Kiss of Life. I mean, I call them the epics. Rhythm of the Heat, San Jacinto, Family in the Fishing Net, Lay Your Hands on Me, and and, and maybe Wallflower. I call them the epic songs when we play them live. I mean, you know, Lay Your Hands on Me was when Peter used to throw himself into the audience. Rhythm of the Heat. Is there, it's not rock music. It's literally not. It's like, it's almost like, like, uh, they're like Broadway, bizarre, like theatrical, you know, they're all theatrical. But I'd say Wallflower to me as a song, as a record, I don't know, I don't love the drumming on it, but, um, as a song, Wallflower, lyrically, melodically, musically, cordially, mood wise. It is a classic. I mean, I swear to you, I don't know why, like, Barbara Streisand should sing Wallflower. Like, somebody with a voice, like, you know, their, their epic ballad, it's an epic ballad. You know, Security was such a a massive record in terms of its impact that for the next year and a half, whenever I traveled around and I did a lot of records in L.A. and all over the world for that, when that record came out, it never failed. Whatever studio I was in, no matter where I was, they would get some low level kid to come up to me at like the water fountain and ask me if it would be possible for me to stay after the session and talk to some of the guys at the studio about how that record was made. I mean, security, whether you know it or not, had a big effect on the way music was made from that point on. Yeah. from There's no question in my mind. And, a, and one of the – of course, it's Peter. Of course, it's Larry Fast and Tony Levin, David Lord, David Rhodes, Jerry Murata. But it was also The Fair Light. Yeah the fairlight no one had the fairlight i think the bbc had one or two of them no one had one and was using it for music they were being used for sound design for television yeah. and peter got a hold of that and that's part of the south bank yeah. show yeah um he got a hold of one of those and that really changed everything and i mean though i mean those those tracks with the, the looping, the, the, um, geez, I mean, there's so many examples of sounds that, you know, that are so unique and unusual. Um, but again, you're right. San Jacinto, it's a classic yeah. song. Uh, Wallflower, lay your hands on me, family in the fishing net. What is that <laughs> family and the fishing net? I mean, yeah. and then the rhythm of the heat of course makes sense. And what's funny is I thought that record was going to be a big hit because I have the touch yeah. was the pop song. It was funky and it was repetitive. Yeah. It was memorable. And uh, I, I really thought that was the, that was the song that was going to break, that was going to break him. And uh, unfortunately it was not.
0: Shock the monkey was the big hit. I remember the video on MTV. That's what I remember from that.
2: Shock the monkey. Yeah. The video definitely yeah. helped that. Uh,
0: okay, sure. Jeff, uh, you're number one.
1: Okay. My number one, um, this, this was for me a really easy one to pick because if I was writing a list of my number one songs, no matter who they were, but would be by this could well be number one and it, it. Um, it certainly is in terms of Peter Gabriel's song. It's from so in your eyes. Um, what we know about that song is it was, a, uh, or at least pe- people believe it was a, it was written as a love song for, uh, Rosanna Arquette who, who, uh, peter was um involved with at that time um i introduced um, them oh there you go <laughs> so that's true yep. <laughs> um, well, i
2: brought her I, I don't like to admit that someone else <laughs> likes to say that they introduced them but but um who talks about it a lot but i brought rosanna to a gabriel concert with me out in los angeles and 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 i introduced them and uh, I, kn- I know peter's wife really well so i wasn't they had already been they had split up, so it wasn't like I didn't feel like I broke and broke their marriage up, but but uh, Rosanna yeah. was a huge Gabriel fan and a huge yeah. Genesis fan. Uh,
1: well, anyway, I've, sorry, I've also I've also uh, at the, at the same at the same time I've been finishing off reading Steve Lukather's. Um, biography and it, and of course rosanna you know uh actually steve picaro was was dating her as well and, and that was part of the inspiration of 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 their song so she's someone who's who's touched a whole lot of fields of music but what i what i love about that song is i suppose in terms of um you know it, it's got the part that starts with yosu and Dur, you know singing mm-hmm. in uh the, you know the african so you know it's, it's it's very un, unusual in terms of dropping that into a, you know a ballad type song but it's yeah. kind of it's got that whole connotation of the spiritual the romantic um and it's just you know the light the heat I am complete you know it's 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 just a really really uh, to me it's ju- it's just a song that is is perfect in its execution and of course um probably m- m- famous um from a lot of people from the, um, from the, the John Cusack movie right. whose name I can't, say can't anything. quite remember yeah Say Anything so no that, that is as I say that would be a song that, that I would rank there as one of my favourite songs ever In your
3: eyes The light, the heat in your eyes I am complete your eyes To see the doorway In your eyes To a thousand churches your eyes Resolution In your eyes all the brutalness of child Oh I see the light and the lightning oh, I wanna be that community I wanna touch the light the heat I see in
2: your eyes Well couple couple of um interesting uh, uh trivia. Uh, don't give up. Do you know who Peter's first choice to sing that was?
1: I do. Does it was it Dolly Parton?
2: Yes. Yeah. You know
1: that. (laughs) Roy knows I'm I'm a trivia. trivia. trivia.
2: (laughs) I I I bet she wishes she had done it now because you know, before so he was I mean a semi sort of semi obscure British Prague ish kind of guy. I mean, so he was a different person after so than he was before, in terms of, like you know, in the in the world, but that would have been that vi- you know that video where he and Kate are just are hugging, that that's that's probably why he wanted Dolly to be in this thing, so that maybe she'd be in the video. Um, another thing, a little trivia: Rosanna Arquette and Steve Pocaro flew to England. To go to the show after Womad, the first Womad, where Peter guaranteed the the, the money, yeah. and it ended up it ended up owing it ended up losing like a couple hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. You know, the Genesis got did together to play a show. Yeah, they did a show. Yeah, 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 and apparently it was outdoors and it was pouring rain. Yeah. But and but Steve Carol, and Rosanna they went they went to that show. They flew. From L.A., wow. they flew out to go to that show. <laughs> and uh, and um, what else? What are the other?
0: No one videoed that that show, which is a crime. I,
2: I, I was at the studio the day that Yusu showed up. Uh-huh. And that was hysterical. And it was a classic. Gabriel, like it was like a Keystone Cops thing <laughs> where Yusu was coming. And then he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. <laughs> He was getting later and later. And then finally they pull up the driveway in Bath at Ashton House where we were recording. And it was like they come rushing in and they're like, we've got one hour. He's got to go to the airport. <laughs> so so Peter put up <coughs> in your eyes. We were all in the control room. Peter and I, you know, we're, we're like we had microphones and we were singing your eyes, the light, the heat, your eyes. The... We were like, so we were singing that just for fun. And then, and Yusu just started fucking he erupted in, in that, whatever it is, you know, he just started singing like, like crazy. And then, and Peter was just like, roll tape, roll tape, roll tape. And just, you know, get capture everything you can, like just record anything that comes out of the guy's mouth. And then we'll deal with it later. And so in that one hour, you know, he gathered together all of that material uh, of uh, from Yusu who, who came. And of course, for him, it was probably a, like a big moment as well. Although it was pre so So Peter was not like the biggest artist in the world at this point. So, but the, that was really funny. And after Yusu left, it was almost like we all collapsed. We all collapsed like, Oh my God! That's it. The day is over. Like everybody, <laughs> so that's I was great. on I their that, toes. I those stories. Now
0: we're at the number one song. Correct. Yes. Yep. All right. So let me go. Uh, so uh, Jerry, you may not like my pick, but I'm going. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to the US record, and I-, I wanted to sort of put these two songs together because that was my favorite part of his music was washing of the water into. Which is what is my number one pick, which is digging in the dirt, which is my all-time favorite Peter Gabriel song, and I'm obsessed with this song to this day. I just think it's the greatest thing ever. Um, I love the whole rhythm part of it, and the chorus is just ingenious to me. So uh, that's that's my that's my pick would be digging in the dirt.
2: Good choice.
1: Yeah, no, Chris. I don't
2: think the re- I don't think the record's awful. I just don't know. You know, I mean, it's it's you know coming after. First of all, there was security. Then there's so and that and the years after that. So you know, I don't know how many years later it was that that record came out. But,
0: yeah, but six, um, six years.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what you know what it is. But I mean, I, I like thinking of I like like the track a lot,
0: um, but let's see what you what's uh, your number one? Curious.
2: It's very hard to say, but uh, again, and this just gives you an indication of where my head is at. Uh, I, I I'm hard to say, but I'm gonna say Mercy Street. Um,
0: wow, I love you that. You know, Mercy That's Street. Mercy song.
2: Street. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. You know, and you know, look look at the ones I'm picking. Wallflower. You know, Flood, Mercy Street. I mean, his Peter's voice, the melody, the lyrics, um and uh you know, I you know, again, is it his number one best song? I don't know. It's certainly for me it's up there in the top five, but you know, don't give up is great, Red Rain is great, you know, and in your eyes. I mean, as a as just a the perfect kind of pop song that's Really cool, well written, beautiful. Uh, everything that you get from, you know, you can get from a Peter song is in there.
3: Dreaming of the tenderness of trembling lips, of kissing Mary's lips, dreaming of mercy dream. Where you're inside out. Mercy Street Swear they moved Looking for mercy
0: In your daddy's arms Yeah. No, you know what? I sort of look at some of these, these top fives that, that we do where it's hard to pick and even rank them, which makes it sort of fun and everything. But a way, a way I sort of look at it as like every – song on this list probably between the three of us uh, you know was your favorite song at one point you know what I mean whether or not it's all yeah. time number one but at some point I can tell you I was listening to Mercy Street every day for a couple of weeks. you know what I mean you know, you know? well you know
2: in our second our second with our second singer Brian, he used to do Mercy Street solo acoustic guitar and sing it. And, you know, this is in the midst of us doing lay your hands on me and San Jacinto family and, Vision and then, and then slow burn. But he, he would do that and get a standing ovation. He'd get a standing ovation almost every night we played solo acoustic guitar and voice. He people, it just, it just blows people's minds. You know, it's, it's a beautiful the the lyrics the lyrics are just that's Peter. I mean he's great at many things, but his lyric writing is is just so incredibly yeah. consistent and wonderful.
0: Yeah, I agree. Agree. Hey, uh, well thank you, Jerry. This was a, a lot of fun, man. It was. I, I'm glad we finally got it going after all the hiccups in the beginning. But thank you for sticking with it. I appreciate it. Keep us up to date on everything you got going on, you know, stay in touch.
2: I will. Thank you guys.
1: Thanks, Gary. All right. Talk to you soon. All
2: right. See you guys. Bye.